0: Here is another powerful message from New Vision Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. To hear the rest of this series and others, join us at newvisionlife.com. There's something amazing about a compelling vision. When someone holds us to a mission or an ideal or a goal that's bigger than ourselves and we come together to accomplish that vision... And that's what John F. Kennedy did on May 25th, 1961. He stood before Congress, and he set an incredible goal, the goal of landing a man on the moon. And he set it by the end of the decade. See, if you were alive at that time, you would know that in 1961, the United States of America was struggling in what we call the space race. They seemed to be being beaten out by the Soviets at every key milestone in outer space. And John F. Kennedy wanted to come up with a vision for the country. He did a lot of research and found that we were so far behind in so many other areas that probably the only one we could accomplish was to actually land a man on the moon. They did the research and estimated it would cost $22 billion in 1960s money to make it. In fact, when he announced this vision, it was not a popular one. A Gallup poll said that 58% of Americans did not agree with sending a man to the moon. But John F. Kennedy continued to cast a vision and unite a nation around this vision in July 21st, 1969, just months before the end of the decade, months before the time frame that he had set would be up, Neil Armstrong on July 21st, 1969 aboard the Apollo 11 was the first man to step foot, the first human being to step foot. On the moon, see. There's something amazing about a clear vision. There's something amazing about a vision, and then people getting behind the vision. You may remember this verse from the Old King James Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. It says this: "Where there's no vision, the people perish." When there's no vision, the people perish. The vision is an extremely powerful thing. And I wanna be honest with you guys this morning. Some of you are probably surprised to see me speaking. I'm surprised too. Woke up yesterday morning, look at my phone, and got a text message from good old Nick. He said, hey! I'm trying to imagine the Nick person voice coming. He lives like three doors down from me, and I think I hear him in his home. And he says, Todd, Steve's got the flu. I'm thinking, the flu? Man up. <laughs> and he says, can you speak? And I'm thinking, you know, and just to sweeten the thing, because I had no idea, he says, I'm in Georgia, and Pastor Brady's in Alabama. So can you speak? And so I'm like, guess there's no choice, so here I am. And I was thinking, what am I going to talk about? And here's kind of what kind of was happening. See, we've been talking in our student ministry, and and they kind of said, you know, hey, Todd, what about the first Wednesday in January that you kind of lay out a vision for our student ministry? And what's amazing, it's not only a vision for a new year, it's really a vision for a new decade, kind of these 10-year increments that we kind of put a lot of weight on in our society. And I had been kind of working on this message, and I kind of come across an idea, because like for our student ministry, the vision, I would love to see, I would love to see a place where just students are coming to know Jesus all the time, where students aren't coming just because we do fun events and we, you know, do activities and we encourage them to come, but they're coming because the people that are here are so transformed by Jesus, that are so filled up by him, that God's working in their lives so much that they can't just help but seeing other people move. And I was thinking, well, what would be the vision for the church? And I said, man, the vision that I would have for the church is that this place would just explode in such a way that they would know it's not because of a preacher, that they would know it's not because of a new parking lot, that they would know it's not because of opening up a new service, but that God was really at work that God was doing something amazing, that I told the 820 service, I said that the 820 service would have as many people as like the 940 service. That's when you know God's really working, right? (laughs) And that's like the vision, that God would do something. And so I don't know what vision you would have for this church, but what we're gonna talk about today, I believe, is the secret to accomplishing or seeing a vision happen in our church, in our student ministry, in your own life, in your own homes? Because I think God's really said where it comes from. It doesn't come from us working harder or trying new strategies, it comes from God working through us. And I wanted to start today with a couple verses, and if you've heard me speak before, You might have heard me share these verses. These are like my life verses. It took me a while to kind of discover this verse and kind of really understand it. But I want to kind of explain it to you today. And if you're looking for a verse for the year or for the decade, I suggest this one. It's Ephesians 3.20. It says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. It took me years to really see the power of this verse. But I wanna show you guys right now what I saw because I think it's so powerful. It says, now to him. We gotta stop there. Him is Jesus, now to God. Now to God, to Jesus, who is able to do immeasurably more. So the biggest things that we can measure, it's telling us this, that God can do immeasurably more. Immeasurably more than what? Than all we ask. I want you to stop there and think about that for a second. If there's not a verse to encourage you to pray and talk to God and make requests, I think there's one right there. See, here's something I found out in 2019 from my own life. I kinda put God in this little box, kinda what I grew up with in church, and oh, we can't ask God that, because you know, God, we don't know if God wants to do that, or, or that's maybe too big, or, or you know what, you know, God, But here's what it's saying, we can ask God anything, and he says, you know what, I can do immeasurably more than what you could even ask. The biggest things we ask, he could do more, immeasurably more, even than we ask or imagine. I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that has like a big imagination. Some of y'all have a big imagination, yes? I mean, I love like the fantasy stuff, you know, like I'm so excited, Star Wars, I mean, it just came out, haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil it. But I did see Mandalorian Episode 8. If you've seen that yet, it's really cool. Uh, Disney Plus, you should get it. (laughs) I don't get paid to say that, just so you know. Um, But man, I have this imagination, right? And you can imagine these things, and you can imagine these big things. And here's what God says. Todd, whatever you can imagine for your church, for your family, for your job, for your community, he says, I can do that and immeasurably more than that. And here's this where it comes from it says this according to his power that is at work within us that the power to see immeasurably more happen is already inside of us if we're a follower of Jesus that's already living in our hearts the God of the universe that dwells inside of us too many times I think we overlook that I know I do Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. 1 John 4, 4 says it like this, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you, the God of the universe that lives in you, is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. And so as we talk about vision today and we talk about vision for the church and vision for yourself and vision for this next year and vision for your family, your community we got to start with I think ourselves we got to remember that the church is not, made, is not a building. It's made up of individuals that come together as people that have been transformed by Jesus and work together for a common goal. That's the church. And so since we already looked at history, I thought maybe we'd look at one more piece of history. It's one of the most famous images of our country. It's a World War I poster. It's got Uncle Sam. And he's pointing at the people and he says, I want you. This was used during World War I to encourage people to enlist. And at the start of World War I, the United States Army only had 133,300 soldiers, including the National Guard. By the end of World War I, 4.5 million soldiers fought. And so they created this image, and many like it, and it was to inspire the individuals. It was to inspire them to say, you know what, I'm going to come together, and I'm going to do my part for my country. They printed over 4 million of these all over the United States, and I think that's kind of what... God's saying to us today that if we want to see a vision happen in our lives, in our church, in our community, it's God saying, I want you. That it happens because at first it starts in us. In us. Now, if you have your Bibles, I know Brad told you to go to John chapter 7. We're going to be just in two verses. John chapter 7. Verse 37 and 38. And it's a time where Jesus is in the city of Jerusalem. And it's an interesting time. It's a very special time. It's a feast time. It was a feast called the Feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles is a word meaning tent. And what they would do in this feast, it would last for seven days. The feast was to commemorate the exodus from Egypt and the wilderness wandering and God providing for his people in the wilderness. And so what they would do this time is for each day of the seven days, the people, even those who lived in Jerusalem and had a home there, would actually live in tents. Not the tents like we're thinking when you go camping. They would literally make the tents out of branches and out of um, tree limbs and leaves. And they would live in those and stay there every night just to remember what God did. And every day they would come to the temple and every day, they would have this ceremony where the high priest would take a golden pitcher and he would go down to the pool of Siloam and he would fill that pitcher up with water and he would march to the altar and he would pour the water out over the altar to remind the people of God's provision of water in the wilderness, in the desert. And the people would recite this verse from Isaiah twelve three. It says, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And so this feast, this celebration is remembering what Jesus had done and remembering what God had done for his people in the wilderness, but then pointing forward to that ultimate salvation that will happen in the future through a savior to come. And on the seventh day of the feast, it was the great day of the feast. They would do all the things the same except instead of walking around the altar one time, they would walk around the altar seven times remembering the battle of Jericho where God took them out of the wilderness and into the promised land. And this is where we see Jesus. This is where this scene takes place. It says this, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. I want to stop here because I think there's something that maybe you do because I know I did this a lot when I was reading the Bible. I wouldn't read it like it was there. I would just kind of read it all monotone. But there's exclamation points in this, so I want to make sure you hear it in that way. Vision this, the people are walking around the temple. It's packed with people coming from all over Israel to come and worship God, remembering what he did and looking forward to what is to come. And they're all there worshiping. And Jesus shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So Jesus is making a bold proclamation that, yes, there was water that saved people physically in the wilderness, but now there's a water that's going to save people spiritually and eternally. And here's what he's saying. Here's what you got to get today. This is where I want us to kind of come into a point right here. That Jesus is saying, I will fill you up. That I will satisfy you. But here's what he says. Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. That God fills us up with his spirit, but it's not something that we're just supposed to hold to ourselves and guard on our own. It's supposed to flow through us to those around us. It explodes out of us. In John chapter 4, you may remember it's a story about a Samaritan woman and Jesus is sitting at the well and they have a discussion about water. And it goes from physical water in the well to eternal water and Jesus says, if you would come and drink from me, you will never thirst again and you'll have water that bubbles up to eternal life. And if you remember the story, the lady says, I want the drink. Give me that water. And it's very interesting because as soon as she gets that water, as soon as she says, like accepts Jesus and receives what he's offering, she runs back and she tells her whole village. And they come out to meet Jesus. And here's what's interesting. Jesus doesn't say, okay, now that you got the water, you got to go tell somebody else. Mm Mm-mm. She receives it, and it just is exploding out of her. It's just the overflow. It's not because Jesus said anything. It's not because he wanted to have this evangelism strategy. He wanted to reach this town. No, it's because she was so full. It was so inside of her that it just exploded out. And I believe if we want to see any vision happen in our lives, in our church, in our community, it doesn't happen because we have great preaching. It doesn't happen because we have good music. It doesn't happen because we have new parking. It happens because... God's worked in us, and it's just exploding out of us. John 10.10 10 says it this way. The thief, Satan, comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so as I was thinking about what's the vision for the students, I, I kind of got sidetracked, is thinking, how do we accomplish this vision? And here's what I think happens. It happens because God is such at work in us that we're so satisfied with Jesus, that we're so full of his spirit that it's just overflowing onto those around us. I think that's the key for any vision you have, anything you want to see happen. If you want to write something down this morning, I think you can write this one down. It's that Jesus works in you to work through you to work around you. Let me say it again. If you notice, I also made some hand motions for this. Jesus works in you, to work through you, to work around you. If you want to see something happen in your home, with your kids, in your work, in our church, in your business, in your community, in your neighborhood, first... Let's make sure Jesus is working in us. Let's make sure he's filling us up, and then he can work through us to those around us. See, I believe if God's going to do something amazing, it's going to happen from the overflow of what he's doing in our own hearts, in our own lives. Let me show you kind of what I'm talking about this morning. I got a cup here, and I want this cup to kind of represent your life if you're a follower of Jesus. I wanted to have cups for everyone, but you know, it was last minute, so, so you just have to imagine this with me. But here's what I see happening. Here's what Jesus says happening. We saw it in John 7, we see it in John 4, we see it in John 10, 10. He's saying that if this is your life, my spirit, that I'm going to flow into you. And it doesn't just say I'll give you a little bit and you gotta be good. No, he says, I'm gonna fill to where you're overflowing and it just keeps spilling out to where it's spilling over the top and it's affecting everywhere around us. If we want to see that vision accomplished, it's because we're so filled that God is first working in us so that he can work through us so that it overflows to those around us. And so a question we have to ask ourselves It's a question I'm asking myself is this. How full is my cup? How full is my cup? See, the cup doesn't just automatically stay full. Jesus is continually pouring out if we want it, but it doesn't stay full. And you got to ask yourself, how full is your cup? Some of us right now, maybe your cup's really full and you're overflowing. That's awesome. But if you're like me, sometimes our cups aren't really that full. And if we want to see God do something big, if we want to see God do something amazing, it has to come from a full cup. Maybe for some of you, it's Sunday morning and your cup gets full on Sunday. But it kind of dwindles out and You come back next Sunday and you're nearly empty and it's just this vicious cycle where you're barely getting enough for yourself, let alone to overflow. See, the thought today is if we want to see anything amazing happen, it happens when we're full and when we're living out of the overflow. Because when Jesus works in you, he can work through you and he can affect those around you those around you. So how do you allow God to fill your cup? How do you get full? I have no secrets that I'm going to share with you, nothing amazing, but I think if we go to Psalm 23, we can kind of see the framework for a life that lived this way can keep us full, keep us full. You probably remember this. This is the Lord is my shepherd passage. And it starts just with that. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm not a sheep or a shepherd. So we have to think a little bit about what that means. From my understanding, sheep are dumb. They're not the smart animals. And shepherds are smart. And when you say the Lord is my shepherd, a sheep is totally dependent on his shepherd for his sustenance, for his living. If a sheep does not have a shepherd, it's not going to survive on its own. And what it's saying here, that we first say, the Lord is my shepherd, that I'm going to you, God, for you to fill me up, and I'm putting my life in your hands, in your control, It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Notice, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Before it gets to any of the other stuff the shepherd does for him, just the fact that you have God as your shepherd is enough. It says this in verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Do you see what the shepherd does right there? He takes them to the refreshing place. He makes them slow down and just get refreshed by God, refreshed by the shepherd, by spending time with him. I've come to believe this more than anything else. I think the biggest thing Satan uses in 2019 isn't outward sin. I think it's just distractions. I think so many of us, myself included, are living such a distracted life. It's not that we're doing bad things. We're just not doing what's best. And this is what the shepherd does. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And he does this to do what? To refresh the soul, to fill them up. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And in verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I'm going to stop there because I think this is something that gets misconstrued a lot from preachers and from people who try to study the Bible. Because here's what it says, and here's what some will say. It's saying, if you follow Jesus, everything's going to be okay. It's always going to be great. You're going to be happy, healthy, wealthy, I don't think that's what it says in Scripture. It says this in verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, that you are going to go through those valleys, you're going to go through those hard times, but you get to go through them with the Lord as your shepherd. One of my favorite songs right now is a song called Another in the Fire. And it talks about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they're in the fiery furnace. And they're stood up for God and they're just getting blasted. They're about to die. But God's with them. That's what the promise is. Verse 5. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup. Overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I think the principles that you can get from Psalm 23 are some powerful ones. They're ones that will make sure that you can stay full and that your cup can overflow. But just want to give you guys a couple things for me that really helped me out in 2019. Just a few things for me that I kind of did. And maybe some of you, you were like me, and maybe it's kind of tough to keep your cup full. And so maybe for 2020, you need to try something new. For me, I've been reading the Bible and doing kind of like trying to follow God for a long time now. And it gets kind of stale, and I needed something fresh. And so I did three things in 2019 that helped me. And by no means are any of these things rocket science, just what God did and helped me. There's something totally you can do to you, but just put Psalm 23 into practice. Spend that time with God. Let him lead you. Let him be your shepherd. But for me, the first one was this. I started just sitting and allowing God to speak to me. So many times my quiet time was, how fast can I get done? How many books can I read in 2019? How much extra information can I get? How many things can I study? And I just said, God, why don't you speak to me? I spent some time in silence and solitude. I also started listening to worship music in a new way, not just the radio, not just whatever came on my phone, but started finding some songs that God really spoke to me through. I'm going to share one with you guys as homework today for y'all to listen to. And it really just started to speak to me. Whenever times got hard, whenever I needed to pick me up, I just put in some of these songs. I made a little playlist. I called it special songs. And over the course of the year, it got to about 40 or 50 Just songs that God had used at different times and maybe a friend would get me where I don't know how many times I would text the worship team after service, hey, what was the name of that song? And I'd add it so that God could continue to speak to me. And here's the third thing I did. I got a new Bible. Because here's what I found out had happened to me. I had one of those study Bibles, a really good one with tons of notes, you know, like Bible like this thick, all sorts of stuff. But here's what I found out was happening. I would spend more time reading what was at the bottom by the so-called experts instead of allowing God to speak to me through his word. It was also a Bible I had since 2008. So I'd spend time reading what the other guys wrote and I'd spend time reading what I wrote. And hey man, this is what God showed me back in 2009 and I wouldn't let God speak to me fresh. I just went and got a Bible, just regular, just the Bible. No study notes. I said, God, just teach me afresh. Just teach me afresh. And so I don't know what it is for you guys I don't know what it is for you, but I pray and I hope that there's something this year that you allow God to fill you up in a new way and you stay filled to overflowing. Let me give you guys one last visual. See, our life's a lot like this water bottle. When it's full, it's strong. When it's full, It's powerful. Don't tell Pastor Brady either. I left the labels on. Can't do much to it. But here's what happens when our lives are empty, when we're not full, when we haven't allowed God to really control us and overflow through us to others, the same amount of pressure is destructive. See, a full water bottle? Strong. The follower of Jesus who's allowing God to fill them up, to overflow, is effective, is powerful. But one who's empty, it's when the trials hit, the pressures, life, the circumstances are the same. But when you're not filled up with Jesus... so much, so much harder to survive. So 2020, I want to ask you guys, how full is your cup? How full is it? Is it overflowing? Because I believe that whatever vision God gives you for your life, for this next decade, it's only going to happen when Jesus works in you so that he can work through you and affect you. Those around you. As we close today, I do want to make one last ask. Some of you today, you may not really even have a cup. Meaning, maybe there's never been a time where you've asked Jesus to come into your life, to forgive you, to satisfy your thirst. And so maybe you're like those people in John chapter 7. You're here at this great gathering, but you're extremely thirsty because you've never allowed God to fill you up. And if that's you today, and you may be interested in taking the next step or knowing what it's like to be satisfied, to be filled, to overflowing, if that's you this morning, there's a number That'll come up on the screens. And it's just something you can just text in and just tell something. to say, I want to know more about how I can take a drink. Would you guys pray with me, please? God, I don't know where everyone is today, but I would imagine if everyone's like me, it's a struggle to stay filled up. Even when we know that you offer just to pour out your spirit to overflowing. And God, I want to pray that, God, that you would give us a vision of what you want for our lives, of what you want for our church, of how we play a part in that, God. But more than anything today, let us remember that if we want to see work outside of us, it has to start with you working in us. And that the vision is just accomplished through the overflow. And God, for those who don't know you today in that drink, I pray that they would. I pray that they would come to you thirsty and that they would just know that you can fill them up to overflowing. God, may we overflow. And may we just see the amazing things that you'll do in this community, in our families, and in this world. In your son's name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we'd like to invite you to one of our Sunday morning services. We meet at 820, 940, and 11 a.m. If you would like more information or would like to watch or listen to more of our services, please visit us online at newvisionlive.com. This broadcast is brought to you by New Vision Baptist Church, where our mission is guiding people to lives of gospel transformation.